The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Okay, stand by. Broadcasting from the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. Check us out at CruiseRadio.net. We're trying something a little new this week. We're filming... This show, so you can check it out on our website uh, later on this week. On this show, we'll talk to a guy we've spoken to before, editor-in-chief of World of Cruising magazine, Simon Vaness. He is going to talk about American Cruise Line's Queen of the Mississippi. It's a paddle wheeler. Mm-hmm. But first, Stuart Shearer on the Cruise Guys here. Hello, Stuart. Hey, Matt. Hey, Doug. Hey, man. And I will tell you, it will be very interesting to get a Brit's opinion of the uh, American interior there going out to Mississippi. Absolutely. <laughs> What's the latest on Carnival Triumph? Investigations show there was a fuel leak in the engine room. Is this the done deal? Is that the final cause? No. Well, I mean, they, they believe, the Coast Guard does believe from their initial investigation that uh, there was a leak in a fuel oil return running from one of the ship's engines. And you know, leaking oil hits a hot surface, fire started. And the Coast Guard says, in quotes, fire suppression was immediately activated by the crew. First, uh, the water fog and then uh, carbon dioxide, and they did a good job, a very good job. Um, So the the investigation will continue. They're also going to look at uh, what has essentially happened to the redundancy systems, which were supposed to avoid the ships from being powerless in a uh, fire uh, situation like this which would have come from uh, the Carnival Splendor uh, situation from a couple of years ago. So right. it's, it's, the inspection is going to take uh, some time, and uh, you know, hopefully you know, we'll certainly get to the, you know, they'll get to the bottom of it and uh, you know, learn from it, and hopefully this will never happen again. Looks like a couple of lawsuits are starting to surface, though. Do you think they'll have a leg to stand on? <laughs> well, uh, Doug, un- unfortunately, the ambulance chasers uh, are circling, and I guess they're uh, unfamiliar, you know, these personal injury attorneys are unfamiliar with the, the laws that uh, around here. I mean, you, you can't sue because of emotional distress, uh, you know, because of foul odor. Uh, otherwise, our, our court system would just be clogged with people complaining about uh, these types of things. Right. Unfortunately, it was a horrible situation. I hope I never uh, have to experience something like this. I feel terrible that they do. But this happens on planes, it happens on trains, it happens in automobiles, hotels, and uh, it's, it's, it's just very unfortunate. What's all this racket that uh, U.S. Senator Rockefeller is making about Triumph? Is, is it, does he just hate the cruise industry in general? I, I, I think he's just misinformed. He, he, I guess he's taken uh, too much time with a couple of people who have no connection to the cruise industry, who like to tout uh, statistics that you know we don't know where they get the information from, and I think they just make it up as they go along. Uh, and, you know, he, they, they just don't really understand the, the industry, how it works. And, you know, maybe, maybe they don't understand the benefits, but uh, this, is, this is certainly an industry that, that, does, that does give back. And I just think he's, he's just misinformed. I mean, this is probably, you know, they, they say it's not, it's not very regulated, but I think that this, this industry as a whole has more uh, 
regulations and, you know, which the cruise industry uh, supersedes everything, that uh, I, I just think it may just be a uh, lack of information. Well, he's a senator. Go get a hooker and a bottle of booze and move on with it. <laughs> oh, dog, not nice. Is it, uh, <laughs> is it too early to tell this will affect their stock prices? Well, I mean, if, if any uh, indications as of yet, I mean, the stock prices are are doing okay. And uh, what the cruise lines will not do, uh, as, as we've seen in the past, they're not going to do uh, knee-jerk uh, you know, pricing uh, reductions. I mean, people are going to go on a cruise. Uh, they do realize this is not representative of the industry and that cruising is still the safest uh, vacation option out there. Look, over 120, mil- 120 million people have gone on a cruise right. without incident over the last decade. And, uh, you know, I, I look, I'll, I'll take my family and do it tomorrow and, and not have a second thought about it. Um, the people that were on the ship, you know, I, I think it's going to take some time to, to uh, you know, get over the, the horror. But it's, it's like getting back on a bicycle or getting back into a car after an accident. Uh, I mean, it's I mean, they were having a wonderful time up until that that moment. But, you know, out of thousands of, you know, over a thousand departures on an annual basis, this is one. And it's, you know, it's, it's certainly it's one too many, but it's not, it's not representative of the industry. Moving on to other cruise news, Windstar Cruises announced today that they bought three of Seaborne ships doubling their fleet. Was this Seaborne trying to offload some of their older, older vessels? I don't think it was, a, it was an offload. I think it, I, I could tell you when I was on uh, Windsurf back in December with their executives, and Hans Burkholz, the president of Windstar, you know, essentially alluded that they are in the acquisition mode and uh, essentially led to, do you think that Windstar could essentially handle, you know, what, what did we think about uh, a motorized uh, ships or ship in their fleet? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, was, it was interesting. I, I kind of had a, a hunkering. Some people thought it was Sea Dream. Some people, you know, uh, one, one writer thought that maybe they'll bring in Radisson Diamond back. But, um, you know, all, all kidding aside, uh, it makes enormous sense for both companies. For Windstar, it provides three more uh, yachts to their fleet, you know, because mm-hmm. they, they, don't, they don't hold more than, uh, you know, the 300-passenger windsurf. But, uh, you know, these are, so they'll, they'll have uh, six ships, none hold more than 300. Um, you know, there's going to be people that like the yacht experience but want to do it on a sailing, you know, ship or a motorized ship. Now, Windstar will have both. For Seaborne, it's a brilliant move because these three ships are unlike anything of their, their three current ships in their Odyssey class and also provides, um, you know, easy justification for ordering a fourth of these uh, incredible ships, which, you know, as we know, Seaborne, uh, you know, these are some of the absolute best ships in the world. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's a brilliant move for both companies. Well, Disney announced last week that they'll be doing uh, round trips from Venice and San Juan in 2014. Now, is this big for those ports? Well, it's, of course, it's a, it's a stamp of approval mm-hmm. from, from Disney, whether it's a ship or a hotel. So there's a lot of uh, bragging rights, and it says that uh, these, these ports are certainly family-friendly. Uh, for Disney's passengers, which, I mean, they, they're probably the most, uh, uh, you know, loyal followers. I mean, they'll sail on Disney. It doesn't matter where they're going. Yeah. And, and they, they're, they probably have more Disney passengers on a sailing than any other cruise line does. And it, it provides additional ports. Venice, look, you're talking one of the greatest cities in the world, one of the most beautiful places to uh, visit and, and certainly sail from. And as far as San Juan, it just, you know, look, there's going to be a few sailings. Out of San Juan, it allows them to go to the Southern Caribbean for the very first time. Uh, they, they point out they're very excited about going to uh, Grenada. 
uh, which which I've been to, and it's it's a great port. And uh, you know, the ports like Antigua and Barbados, St. Kitts, St. Lucia. So they're going to have four departures in 2014 for the ship. Uh, you know, repositions back uh, to to Miami, and it's 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 a great move for them, and it allows their passengers who sail repeatedly multiple times uh, additional itineraries. So. Another great move. Royal Caribbean announced a change with onboard gratuities. This is basically getting rid of the envelope system and going straight to credit card, right? Well, essentially what it does is instead of being charged on a daily basis, they just they just hit you the one time, and uh, you know the gratuities then get dispersed uh, to the uh, to the crew, your waiter, your busboy, your cabin steward, your head waiter, and it's supposed to make it easier for you. But I think it's kind of easier for them because essentially what they were doing is they were hitting the card, the pre-described amount on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Now, for passengers, as always, with in, including all the other lines, that anyone that has bad service and you want to reduce the, quote, suggested amount, I mean, I love that when tips are suggested and they charge you for it. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, if, if the amount that uh, is, is being charged is not what you want, then you can reduce it down. If you get exemplary service and you want to up it, then, again, your prerogative you can make the change, and uh, you can increase the tips, and uh, everyone's happy. But just the tip. That is the tip. Thank you, Stuart. My pleasure. Cruise Radio News, now trending at cruiseradio.net. This is Cruise Radio. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. It's not just a good idea to have travel insurance during the winter months or hurricane season. Every travel agent or travel expert we talk to says it is a very smart idea to always travel with travel insurance. That's why you should check the folks out at TripInsurance.com. They have exclusive products from the leading travel insurers that you won't find anywhere else. Yeah, they are the low-cost leader in travel insurance with savings up to 40% or more when you compare similar coverage from other sources. What plan do you want to go with? Good, better, or better? They have coverage in all three categories that make it easy to find the right insurance plan for your budget. You know what defines great customer service? Actually being able to talk to a human being, and they do that at TripInsurance.com. They are committed to great customer service with 24-7 telephone support before, during, and after your trip. You can also file claims online right on their website, and they keep you posted of any travel alerts that could affect your travels or safety at your destination. Check them out right now. TripInsurance.com. Stream us worldwide on our free iPhone app. Just search Cruise Radio Live in your app store. We're very happy to have him back on the show because we, as stupid Yanks, are suckers for British accents. Yeah. Editor-in-chief of World of Cruising Magazine, Simon Vaness. Welcome back to Cruise Radio. What ho, chaps. How are you doing? Very well. <laughs> pip, pip, cheerio. Hi, then. Cheers. Hi. <laughs> now, last time we had talked, you had just sailed NCL's Pride of America, and uh, this time, 
It was along the Mississippi aboard a paddle wheeler. Yes, the Queen of the Mississippi, brand new on the river and um, a, a really interesting prospect. Yeah, American Cruise Line's Queen of the Mississippi, uh, this particular cruise was a seven-night out of St. Louis, and you ended up in Memphis, correct? That's right, yes. Let's talk about the basics then. Uh, how was embarkation on the ship? Well, I mean, first off, you have to have to think really small scale with this. You're only 150 passengers, mm-hmm. so very, very small compared to the average cruise ship. Um, the embarkation experience is fairly rudimentary. We turned up in a taxi on the, on the, the, the riverbank, um, almost in the shadow of the arch there in St. Louis, mm-hmm. um, and pretty much just walked onto the ship ourselves. Um, we were arrived sort of mid-afternoon, um, straight from the airport, and the, the assistant cruise director sort of walked down the, the gang, the, the, the bow gangway, and sort of met us and picked up our luggage and took us on, and it was really that simple. Nice. Did you spend any uh, pre-cruise time in St. Louis? Uh, sadly not, no. no? We, we didn't really have time. We, the flight timings really only gave us the opportunity to go straight there. Simon, in comparing this to a cruise ship, aside from the obvious visual differences on the exterior of this vessel, what strikes you right away as you step onto the paddle wheeler? This is real small-scale cruising. Um, there are no big rooms on board. There's no fancy atriums. There's no um, grand casino, anything like that. All the sort of typical modern um, glitz and glamour of cruising um, is not the kind of thing you'll find on board here. This is really historic cruising yeah. um, in many respects. You're going back in time, really, you know, m- more than 100 years. Very interesting. Well, you spoke of this uh, public spaces when you boarded the ship. What did you think of them? I absolutely loved all the, the public rooms they have here. You've really only got four main public rooms, including the, the dining room, which just about takes everybody at, at one sitting. Then you've got a, a, a main lounge where they do the entertainment and lecture programs. There's the sky lounge, which is almost like an observatory lounge, you know, top at the back of the ship um, with a nice, you know, outlook um, to, the, to the stern. And then there's almost like a, a clubby reading room um, where where you can sit and read newspapers and books and things are very, very sedate and sedentary. I'm curious, you know, on regular cruise ships, you have to wait for a while for them to load up all the bags and put them in the staterooms. Was there any wait or could you go right to your cabin? <laughs> no, this is... This was as quick and easy as it comes. Yeah. We were, t- you know, sort of conducted onto on board the boat, um, taken up to our cabins. You know, we had our, our bags with us, and you know, we were we were pretty much off and running straight away. The dining on this ship. You mentioned one main dining room, so there's no like um, Lido or buffet area or anything. Is, is it all sit down dining? It's all sit down dining, pretty much at, at predetermined times for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, you can you can pretty much turn up within about sort of half an hour of main meal times, but that's about it as we regards your, your dining options, it is a one, you know, primarily a one-seating, one-option um, deal. As far as entertainment goes on these ships, how does that work? I picture like a Dixieland bands and stuff. It's not quite big enough for the, the, the big Dixie band style, okay. um, which you, you'd get with the American Queen, which is the other big um, paddle steamer working the Mississippi today. Mm-hmm. Um, what they do offer is, is live music in the evenings, which tends to be like you know individual performers, duos, and small bands who come on to provide a taste of the music from the area they're, they're sailing through. You know, so we got jazz, we got bluegrass, we got country um, you know, on this, this 
particular voyage between between the two big cities. Everything in between is very small scale, so you got a great taste of the music in between, um, which was really nice. And that's sort of augmented, if you like, by you know a, a evening and morning lecture programs, which tell you all about the area you're cruising through, the history, the wildlife, and the culture. And you also have an onboard river Lorian, who's a really important part of the cruise, as he's your sort of guide to to exactly what the Mississippi is all about all the history and heritage involved and you know you get daily updates from him on where you're going and what you're seeing back to dining for a second do they have um, like regional cuisine on there it, it's very much I, I would say standard um, American cuisine mm-hmm. um, the the dishes have got a little bit of a continental flavor um, there was nothing overtly I would have, f- have said sort of Kentuckian or Missourian or, or Tennessean about the dishes but they were all good quality you know American fare you know given a, a fair a fair degree of sophistication which we weren't expecting and the the overall level of cuisine we felt was very high indeed very good so tell us about the ports that can be summed up fairly succinctly in in small-scale midtown america Mm-hmm. We started going from St. Louis um, up back into Illinois, where we stopped at Alton, right on the, the river there, which has got a fair bit of um, uh, underground railroad, Civil War, and Abraham Lincoln history, which was nice to see. Um, from there, we went to Cape Girardeau in uh, uh, Missouri, which gave us some more um, Civil War history and the, the sort of history of the, the Mississippi through that region. Um, another port of call after that was Paducah in Kentucky. Um, and we just like saying Paducah because it's a funny Who name. Who doesn't? Um, but, you know, in, in all honesty, Paducah was a really fascinating place to visit with these fabulous levee walls that have all been painted on. Um, they've got the America's Quilt Museum there, which is, is one of the must-sees. They've got a great uh, rail Road Museum, um, a museum of uh, Mississippi history and river law, and, and a very neat little Civil War museum as well. So as well as being a very pretty, uh, charming town in its own right, with lots of really good shops, um, antique stores and galleries, Paducah was, was very much the hit of the, the, the cruise for us. In any of those ports, did you see a lot of Civil War reenactors or reenactments themselves? Not on this particular cruise, but I think there are particular theme cruises through the year when they go more into the history of the Civil War, and there are periods when there are big reenactments going on. I mean, the closest thing we got to do um, was in Columbus um, in Kentucky, where the the, the park there, the the Columbus Belmont State Park, um, is dedicated to the the Civil War and the the story of the Civil War as the Gibraltar of the West, as it was at the time, you know, a key point in the, the Civil War along the Mississippi, um, and they had several peri- people there in period costumes, sort of welcoming, welcoming us to the museum and, and giving us an insight into what it was all about. Very cool. Are excursions included on these voyages? Um, they they are not um, if you've only done two cruises with American Cruise Lines. One of the great features of their loyalty program is that once you've done three cruises with them, then all your ashore excursions are free. They come as part of the part of the package that you've you know you've booked with the cruise. Um, but we also felt that you know being beginners with American Cruise Lines, you know the the, the fifteen dollars, twenty, thirty dollars. I think it was the the most that we paid was oh. was very good value for what we got. Who should consider a paddle wheel cruise? Is it only for history buffs, or would the average cruiser enjoy it? 
I think this is this is definitely a cruise for the for the more discerning cruise goer, those who really do like to get into the history and, uh, and the slower pace um, of a river cruise, which is very very different from your typical ocean cruise, where things are you know have got a much faster pace both on board and during the shore excursions. The average age I would have said was probably around about seventy of the hundred passengers we were huh. on board. Yeah. So you know it's definitely a, a, an older clientele. It's, it's people who have cruised with American um, a number of times before. There was a very, very high repeat factor among the passengers, um, and it's obviously something that appeals to them very much. So you end up in Memphis, and um, how was disembarkation? Um, again, I mean, you, you know, you, it doesn't get a whole lot easier. I mean, you walk off the, the gangway with your luggage. Um, there are obviously, you know, crew members to help people with the luggage. And we walked up the slipway, straight onto a bus, straight to the airport. You know, I mean, wow. there's no, no nice. hanging about, no, you know, messing about with timetables <laughs> or, you know, embarkation, um, you know, orders and numbers and colors and all that nonsense. So, you know, again, a very, very simple, um, easy procedure. Nice. No, uh, no post time in Memphis either then, huh? Well, we, the, the good thing about the final port of call is that we did overnight there. Oh, cool. We, we arrived in Memphis um, late on the Friday evening. No, it must have been the Thursday evening. Mm-hmm. So we were there for the Thursday evening. We had all day Friday to, to explore Memphis and to get into Beale Street and go to Graceland and all that good stuff, which was definitely worthwhile. Um, and then we, we were on the, the flight back on the Saturday morning. So you know, it was a good, a, you know, good amount of time to see Memphis itself. He is the editor-in-chief of World of Cruising Magazine. Always great to talk to you. Simon Vaness. You two guys. Love love to do it. All right, that's going to do it. Don't forget we have an app. Which yes, is we do. Free for iPhone users. Only 99 cents for Droid users. Simply search Cruise Radio Live in your smartphone app store. Also, if you want to subscribe to our cruise news updates, go to cruiseradio.net. Put your email in the box and you'll be all set. From the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Basford. And I'm Doug Parker. And this is Cruise Radio. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio. I'm your announcer.